From the blue-green waters of Claytor Lake to the hiking trails of the NRV, AM HodgePodge is on the air. Here are your hosts, Keith Weldons and Mark Tapp. This is Mark Tapp with Keith Weltons. You're listening to AM Hodgepodge. Happy Saturday morning. Absolutely. I got some good beer news. I don't hear you very well. Absolutely. Can you hear me now? Thanks for turning my mic off. I turn, it was on, right? Is this a show of one? I, I could do a monologue. Uh, yeah, I know. I've got enough stuff over here. I apologize. I was doing... We, luckily, we got in here early enough because I was on a monologue. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have someone who can uh, uh, talk to you about, you know, your yard. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's been crazy the amount of work that we've had to had to do. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Keith Welton's. That is Mark Tapp. You're listening to AM HodgePodge, show for and about the New River Valley. And uh, during the show, we bring in guests. In our second segment, we will have a guest. Um, it's not a makeup but uh, it's definitely good information about an upcoming event, yeah. and I want to make sure that we bring that person in. We talk about beer in our first segment, and uh, we also do a little ball over beer or sports. And yeah. I think this is going to be a really cool um, – uh, You got a good one this, this week? Yeah. They're usually pretty good. Yeah. I'll give you a heads up. Okay. It's going to be about percentage of alcohol that is drank at events. Okay. Okay. So start with that. I'll be thinking about that. Okay. So with that being said, do you want me to start with something that I've noticed? Or do you want to go with something that you've noticed? I know you were doing a little bit of research before the show, so I don't know whether that's going to be relevant or not. Yeah. uh, No. So I've noticed... um, a movement of shelf space. Ah. And so when we talk about shelf space in beer, it's the amount of space that has been allotted to a specific brand so that it, uh, particularly in like grocery stores mm-hmm. or um, things like that, in order for them to be able to say uh, they can quickly chill beer. And it's, and it's what's important to know is uh that shelf space and how much um, beer is consumed, one of the most important things is that they're usually either at groceries or quick marts or whatever it may be. And if the beer is not cold, the probability that it'll get picked up diminishes dramatically. I will attest to that. Yeah. I actually have a a favorite beer. Mm Mm-hmm. And they sell it at Kroger in the fridge. Okay. And they and they used to. I don't know if they if they took it off the shelf or not, but they sold it at Food Lion in their uh, non refrigerated. So space. do you go to Kroger so specifically Kroger. for the beer? Yeah. Yeah. So that's it, right? It's like it's the reason why convenience stores um, 
so 7-Elevens, grocery, uh, uh, Walmart, I mean, uh, uh, gas stations, mm-hmm. things that, mm-hmm. like that, R&R markets, the deli, smarts, they put those beers in the um, refrigerated section, and then they charge a premium yeah. because they understand that you'll pay the premium up price because it's cold. Yeah. And you're on your way home or you're on your way to a camp out or whatever it may be. So the um, October the 1st resets the annual allotment of shelf space for beer. In Virginia or nationally? Nationally. It is usually when, because they're all fiscal years. So they have fiscal contracts. And, and when you talk about a fiscal year, are you talking about the brewery? It's it's October 1 or? to the end of September. Okay. That's the year that they use for marketing space. Okay. So the next 90 days, starting October 1, are the dates in which they start to implement planning for the next year. Mm. So this is where they start to pull all of the metrics for – how much of how many turns you're getting off this or that or whatever it may be, and then what shelf space could we increase or should we increase based off of sales? So when you have uh, all of these institutions selling beer, mm-hmm. right, and they are noticing that there is beer that is taking up shelf space cold shelf space right. and not selling, but they're having to add um, more back or on an ongoing basis of the others. The other competitors now have a bargaining chip that says, well, why don't you just give us one more row? Yeah, I kind of know where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. So, bud sales yeah. since uh, April 1 are down year over year, 27 percent 27% is the drop okay and the drop at year over year so that includes roughly how long has the the debacle been going has it been 6 months since april 1 okay so it, so it includes 6 months roughly of strong sales uh, correct exactly right exactly right so if you know it's down 27%, what that will mean is that you should, should, and this would be in theory, mm-hmm. and I'm not a I'm not person arguing for shelf space or not, but this would be one of those signs that if you're kind of out and about and you might notice it, you should see a roughly 25% reduction in shelf space given to the Budweiser brand. Yeah. In general. In general. Yeah. Be roughly. So if there were four rows, there'll be three rows. And if there were two rows, but they were, you know, big packs, maybe it's one big pack, but then the smaller pack. But you're going to notice some consolidation uh, in that. That's at the uh, grocery store side. The convenience store side is going to be extremely interesting to see how they tackle that because the bargaining chip that Budweiser has is they're also the distributor for many other brands that aren't theirs, and you're shaking your head. But, yeah, they have um, those refrigerated beer trucks, so they're bringing other brands that aren't theirs anyway. So they can kind of bend 
the of course been that now are these negotiations taking place with Anheuser Busch or with distributors of Anheuser Busch? Both. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, National Lever has a vested interest in getting whatever it is they've got in that truck to sell. Correct. So if that's not Bud Light, correct, and they distribute some other light product that's, that's right. not Budweiser, they're okay. Yeah. With so that. what you so you're you're hitting it. It's not the convenience store owner that will be negotiating these deals. Yeah. It'll be the distributors who negotiate these deals. And then they go back to the convenience store owner and they say, we're going to reduce this one by blank. Mm-hmm. And here are the other ones that we're recommending that you add yeah. based off of sales. And the reality is, if you've seen Yingling up 80% year over year, and you're seeing Coors and Miller up 20 plus percent, it's fairly easy for the convenience store owner to say, just increase that space and use their brand money or marketing money uh, for for that additional stuff. So there's, I, you're just going to see that. Now, I have actually already noticed it. I've already started to notice that because there are obviously, everyone has their own little way of, of doing shelf space and everything else. But uh, you're, you, after October the 1st, that's kind of when it really goes into place. Be almost curious to take a picture of a pre-October and then, and you know, maybe in November, take another one and see, see, yeah, that see would if you could actually cool, see it. Yeah. I've got a little. Or if someone works for in in one of these industries and they want to let us know, that would be terrific too. I don't want to sound like the expert, but I have read the articles uh, uh, about it. Slept on a Holiday Inn. Yeah, slept on a Holiday Inn last Uh, night. Good one. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I've got a wrinkle to add to that. Okay, maybe. So um, last week, the uh, legislature in Virginia passed a new budget. And that budget included funds, fairly significant number of funds, four hundred and uh, four hundred and fifty-five thousand, I think, and, and in addition to another seven hundred and some thousand uh, over the next two years to help create a Virginia beer distributor distributor mm-hmm. for. Craft breweries that have that do less than five hundred barrels a year, mm-hmm. and so that they'll they'll be able to distribute their own craft beer correct to retailers without going through a distributor correct. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. So here's the deal: if you're under five hundred, which a lot of them are, like most, most, probably, yeah. yeah, under five hundred. You're at that under 500 because your facility is selling basically everything that it's producing. Yeah. So if you want to then distribute, you will be distributing after a investment in additional space or equipment. And then you will be distributing at a price that's less than what you potentially make yeah uh unless you can increase capacity so much that you can drive down the cost labor so costs might, and kind so of it might else. be it might be a valuable change if you were sort of on the you were you were doing everything you could to keep up with 
customer demand currently, and you were sort of on the fence, do we want to increase the size of our brewing capacity? Correct. Maybe uh, spend a a couple hundred thousand dollars on new equipment. Mm -hmm. This might be what pushes you over the edge. Because it doesn't mean you have to brew more often. Yeah. It just means you brew more at one time. But most most, um, craft breweries are well below $500,000 in annual sales. And and most 500 barrels. No, $500,000 okay. worth of annual sales. And most um uh, breweries when you kind of hit the 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 sales numbers, they're actually below 150. Yeah. They're they're very very leanly run. So you might say they have, you know, x percent in profit, but it's a small number. So they have to then pay taxes on that, determine what needs to be fi- replaced or fixed, put some aside for a rainy day, and then r- redo it. So therefore, there's not another $100,000 sitting around to say, let's go do this, let alone the space constraints. So most breweries put themselves yeah, right. in facilities that are appropriately sized based off of what they're going to produce and consume there. They don't have an extra 1,400 square feet just sitting idle that that they can just turn on at any point in time. Now, I'm using the word most. most. Yeah. So, so it, it's gonna, this is going to affect, but, but my guess is it's going to affect brewers mostly in like the Richmond area and things like that, that right. uh, they, the volume is already kind of there. Yeah, so they're so the state is saying, sort of, so, you know, this is taxpayer money that is funding this right uh, sort of small brewer distributor, and they're saying the payback. Um, so, so if a hundred breweries self-distributed five hundred barrels of beer, which is. What, what you're basically saying, that's virtually impossible mm-hmm. uh, for the vast majority of small breweries. They're already at their capacity. Um, so if so, if they do that, then it would bring in $6.9 million in tax and fee revenue for the state in any given year. Mm-hmm. So they're saying there's a payback, and they, I believe they think uh, by late 2024 that they think this will be a profitable venture. Mm-hmm. Of course, they would know. The state would know what breweries are interested in this. Yeah, and I think it's going to be 90% are going to be Richmond yeah. and the uh, northern part between Maryland, D.C., and the Tidewater area. Simply based off that's where the people are. The, the, the thing about it is the majority of those breweries are already kind of put, pushing up towards that 500 and secondarily, the majority of those already have cans. Now, the irony of all this—you know what this, I mean—they yeah. already have refrigerated the, cans. The irony of all this is, you still you, you can't brew more than five hundred barrels and qualify for this. Correct. So, if you're already pushing up against the five hundred barrel mark, you've got to make a decision: is it the customer in store? Is it on-site sales, or Correct. is it or is it distribution? Yeah. Unless, and I don't know whether this is even legal. Unless, let's say you were, uh, uh, let's say you're producing 450 barrels a mm-hmm. year, and you want to take advantage of this, do you open a new brewery yeah. under a new name? Right. Yeah. And, and do that. Yeah, and, and now you have a secondary um, 
the second secondary component. I, what I'll say on all of this is um, the entrance the, the to business has gotten more expensive. Yeah. In every business and breweries are no different. Um, you know, we were talking about shelf space and, and kind of everything else. So everybody's fighting for the same piece of pie. It's known that the craft beer percentage of the pie has stagnated. So what you're doing, if you're a new brewery today and you're looking to increase capacity to capture that 500 and, and distribute what you're you're not opening a new market per se for the industry you might just be opening up a new market for you and by opening up a new market for you it will in most cases mean that that someone else is already there i.e budweiser dealing with course right so someone's going to mm-hmm. be there to help take up the slack if something goes wrong and in those worlds, it is a very expensive endeavor, whether you are through a distributor and you're fighting for shelf space or you are self-distributing fighting for shelf space. It's still going to be an expensive endeavor because you're reliant upon the pricing and the sales strategy of the other person. It's out of your hands. It's not yeah. like it's not like you're there on site and saying, yeah, you know, you should really go with the uh, um, Spotted Cow, the Spotted Cow from uh, uh, New Glarus Brewing in, in Milwaukee, and you work for them. Yeah. All right. In Wisconsin or wherever the heck. I know they're in Wisconsin, and I'm surprised I was able to pull that one out. <laughs> but the point is, you know, if that's what you're trying to do, if you don't have a representative on the hand, you're up to the the local person who's at the table or behind mm-hmm. the bar or, or at the shelf, whatever. You're 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 there. Well, that means you've got to market that, yeah. and you've got to engage them, and you've got to educate them. And I mean, it's hard enough to educate the people who come already into establishments, let alone people that are outside of your realm, and they have turnover. So it's 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 going to be expensive. So you know, the the industry certainly has done math on this. And I don't think you're going to see people just running into this mm-hmm. into this world, but it does allow for a nuanced strategy for a brewery. And I know I went long on that, but I think that that's kind of maybe the, and the more process yeah, the more I that. think about it, the the less I think this is going to be. Um, oh, great! Suddenly, yeah, seismic. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly we get to put our our stuff in Kroger. It's going to be, okay, now we can partner up with the pizzeria down the street Correct. and put our beer on tap there. Yeah. Uh, because the, the, the fact of the matter is, and we've seen this right here in, in Radford, um, the store already made the decision that craft beer isn't Correct. the moneymaker. Yeah. I mean, they took, I don't know, half of an aisle yeah. of craft beer out yeah. two or yeah. three years ago. Yeah, and you're just you're fighting – you're, you're fighting ground that other people have already said, I give up. Yeah. It's not worth it. So, yeah. All right. So we'll stay in the craft beer uh, um, realm for another couple minutes here. I'd, and then ball over beer. Uh, yeah. I oh. did want to revisit uh, the the Great American Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's concluded. Dang. There were 2,033 breweries mm-hmm. from 50 states, uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico. And there were 9,298 beers 
entered into competition. Now, how how anybody can come up with a medal winner? Yeah, out of that many beers, there's got to be there's got to be crews that are just porter crews. Yeah, there are just there are right. You're not doing correct Kolsch and porter correct. Um, there were. 99 categories of Yeah, beer. there's 9,000 uh, beers represented, you said? Yeah, 9,298. Let's assume that each category had 10 uh, or uh, had have to have 1,400 yeah. uh, entries, just, just on that. And each person could judge, let's say, 7 to 10 beers. You're going to need, like, for each category, 60 to 80 judges and then pick the best pick one judge from each group as you continue to go down so that you're left with the handful one judge mm-hmm. from each group that all agreed on a certain thing so that it's eagerly representative because otherwise there's no way no way that at the end you're going to be able to tell any bit of difference between one or the other no and and these the entrants aren't uh, giving their worst beers no. right so they're all going to be the styles are pretty st- I mean, there's a reason it's a style, right? Uh, a porter is a porter is a porter, largely. Um, you can add some nuances, but it's not like you can go in there and pick, you know, 80 of them were terrible and 20 were good. So let's narrow it down that way. Yeah. I, they're all going to be pretty good. So as far as the judging goes, it sounds like it's fun, but <laughs> I mean, would you see it that way? Mm, probably not. Probably not. I would. I would love to go to the Great American Beer Festival. Uh, I'd like to have a, a ride and go to the Great American Beer Festival and taste some of the beers. Although I would probably, if I, I've never really thought about this, I mean, there's just no way you could taste all the beers. I might do it if I were really if I were there and I could do it every year. I might pick a style every year. Sure. And focus on the style or something like that, but or try styles I've never tried before. Mm-hmm. If there's 99 styles. There's certainly 80 that I haven't tried. Right. But uh, I did want to highlight one brewery. Okay. Uh, it's a Virginia brewery. This is really an interesting. We'll put some information up on uh, on the website or on our Facebook for this. Uh, they're in Loudoun County. Okay. It's called Bear Chase Brewing Company. Okay. They started as a well. It's a destination brewery, so it's um, it's I, it started out as a bed and breakfast. I kn- I've seen that one. Have, Have you, you seen it on their website? It's amazing. Oh gosh, yeah. There it's, was there was someone from Radford University who went there. There, I think that that brewery has some connectivity to some Radford oh, alumni. Okay, and they went there and they took pictures, and I'm like, oh my lord, it, it is, is gorgeous. It's like the view is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is kind of like. And I, I don't want to say this because it'll do it an injustice, but it's it's like nestle rod on steroids. Yeah, it, it's with a brewery. It's it's better than that. It's like the best part of the Smokies, yeah, uh, combined with the best part of uh, the New River Valley for for scenery, yeah, uh, for yeah. foliage, for just. The as far as the eye can see for the the oh my lord yeah. yeah basically you're the property sits on a hill yeah and they've cleared the trees 
uh, on a portion of the property. So, and they've created little sitting areas. Yes. It's like being in your own backyard. Yeah, a lot of Anirondacks right? and fire pits. Yeah, and you and you uh, just look out forever. Yeah. Uh, that might be worth. I agree. To. That that actually, yeah. I think, would be better than the uh, beer festival. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They and they have enough taps uh, that it would keep you busy for a while. Yeah, what a great, what a great pool. Yeah, I, someone sent me that and said, you know, and I was like, oh my yeah. lord, that is just unbelievable. So there did they were, win something. They did. So there were only Colts, right? Uh, yeah, because so their Colts is their Colts is their. I think they've they've placed multiple times with their Colts anyway. There were seven breweries in Virginia that won something. They won two. Yeah. And one was their oatmeal stout, and one was their Kolsch. Yeah, I, re- I remember reading that their Kolsch is their, their Kolsch has won multiple awards or, or Kolsch styles. It's got to be kind of a hard style to get It is, get yeah. Because right. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's close to a lager, I think, yeah. as you can get. But it has to have a little bit of a flavor yeah. off that sometimes people love and sometimes they don't. And the problem is if it's too cold or not cold enough, it picks up that yeast or hop strain that might be a little bit off-putting yeah. or it might not be good enough because it's one way or the other. But, yeah, I agree, I agree with that. A good coleslaw, man, if you get it. It's good beer. Very good, yeah. yeah. All right, you ready, Ball Over Beer? I am. Ball Over Beer. Ready. Okay. So earlier I went on blah, 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 shelf space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And beers and October 1 and it's going to change and da 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 and that's in a very important market for the large distributors. Okay? Yeah. Secondarily, you have sporting facilities. You've got concerts. You have all of the mm, other restaurants, stuff like that. So the question is this, Mr. Mark Tapp. All right. What percentage of beer in the United States. So we're talking about shelf space and the importance of shelf space in order because it needs to be cold. And that's what we talk about, cold shelf space. Yeah. Right? What percentage of beers in the United States are bought from the refrigerated areas in grocery stores, the Costco-style things, or convenience stores? What percentage of volume is consumed uh, in the United States from those. It's got to be really high. And then remember, the other percentage is sporting events, restaurants, music acts. So those don't count. Those don't I, count. I got to pull that out of the. Well, mm-hmm. so, so there's a. There's, we know how much is bought on those, but yeah. the majority of time, the, the sporting events are not getting. They're not running down to the uh, Piggly Wiggly and grabbing beers. They're having it brought over directly from a distributor. So you could have a a Saturday night concert at a local municipality that runs over and grabs it, and that's going to get counted on the wrong side. It's going to get counted off the shelf versus that. But what percentage, and this is the importance about that shelf space, because if you're holding a concert and you need it cold, it darn well better be cold. Can't come back with hot beer. Right. So, so am I assuming? Okay, if I said we've got we start with one hundred percent, and I'm going to have to make an assumption on what is sold in everything, athletics, right? Yeah, outside everything outside of the grocery stores and convenience stores. Correct. 
I'm going to say that that makes up 20% of alcohol sales. All the other? Yeah. So so everything so 80% is sold in See, stores and convenience on. stores. That is dead on. Okay. Not like 1% off. All it's right. 80. Okay. Now I have to figure out how much is cold. Right? No, you, it's 80% it. of all, right. all beer in the United States is from the refrigerated sections okay. at it. That is an that's remarkable. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm actually stunned. I I would have gone a little higher actually. Really? I would have thought it was Did a I little torque higher. you down a little bit when I kept saying because of the ball ballparks yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So when they say they're going to reduce the shelf space, you need to know that they're reducing shelf space on 80% of the market. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now you understand why their shell their sales aren't actually down as much as you would think because at these sporting events, they already have contracts with the distributor directly right. who is going to bring the five beers that they want to bring and you don't have any say in it. So sales of Budweiser and things like that actually haven't declined nearly as much uh, because of the sporting mm-hmm. events and the mm-hmm. concerts and stuff like that. But dang, good good pull, man. There's a high five. I'm yeah, high five. All right. With that being said, we'll go ahead and take a break. You're listening to AM Hodgepodge. <laughs> 